I keep hiding voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. Oh, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, yes, I believe what you say of me. I believe the only thing that matters now is everything you think of me. In you I find my worth, in you I find my identity. And now I'm laying it at your feet. You'll have every failure, God. You'll have every victory. Oh, you say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I am strong when I think I am weak. You say I am held when I am falling short. And when I don't belong, oh, you say I am yours. And I believe, yes, I believe what you say of me. I believe, oh, I believe, yes, I believe what you say of me, I believe. 
Lord, thank you. That is a blessing. Charlene, I think we sometimes we forget how good you really are. That was you're so good. Um, so that was thank you. If you want to follow me this morning, we'll be in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verses 16 through 18. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And it reads, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not, what on, is, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to what you have to say this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. While I was delivering buses in 2020, I think we've talked about that before, I, I I worked for Thomas Built Buses in 2020 delivering, I didn't actually work for Thomas, I worked for a company that delivers their buses. Well, I became very dependent, very dependent on the GPS on my phone. I traveled to 33 different states, and I couldn't have got out of North Carolina had it not been for the GPS on my phone. And if you've never traveled through Tennessee, bless your heart the longest date I've ever been in in my life. But anyway, so, but I really got dependent on the GPS. And when Luke turned 10, we traveled to New York for the first time with him to go see the Yankees play in the old stadium before they tore it down. He had to see Yankee Stadium. I made sure of that. But my brother-in-law had just bought this new GPS device that had a little suction cup that you put on your windshield and and it told you how to get there. It gave you, I mean, it would talk to you and give you your destination. And, and it would also, um, well, I mean, it would just all, it would tell you everything that you needed to know, where to turn and how to get there. It was called a TomTom. And we just called it Tommy. And he let us borrow it for the trip. And Tommy gave us every turn from Trinity to our hotel in New Jersey, just outside the city. And, you know, it took a while to get used to because Tommy would say, turn right. But he didn't mean right now. He meant in like 900 feet. And you had to look and see that it was 900 feet away. But it took some while to get used to, but we got it. Um, but it not only gave you directions, it also gave you your time of arrival. What Tommy thought would be the time you got to your hotel or wherever you were going. So, Now, this would later become a challenge for my father-in-law when we would take this thing with us anywhere. Like, He knew that he could get to Boone in less than two hours. That thing would tell him two hours. I bet I can do it in an hour 45. And he, so it became kind of a game for him. But I'll never forget, we pulled out of the driveway in Trinity to go to New York. It was exactly 7 a.m. 
this was 16 years ago, but I remember it was 7 a.m. because that's the first time in this family's history that we left exactly when we said we were going to leave. We were backing out of the driveway at 7 a.m. But the GPS said we would arrive at our hotel in New Jersey at 4.44 p.m. And I won't forget that either because 44 is Reggie Jackson's number and that was also Luke's travel team number. So I always remember 44, but I just thought it was odd that it said 444 is when you're going to arrive in New Jersey. Well, it may have said 444, but we had a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old in the car. We also had to stop for lunch along the way. So I knew 444 would be a long shot from getting to Trinity to the hotel in New Jersey just outside the city. So when we pulled into the parking lot of our hotel in New Jersey at 9.44 p.m., we were only off by five hours. Just driving through D.C. cost us at least two hours. Now, if we had had open roads, no bathroom breaks, and didn't need to stop for gas or food, it should have taken basically nine hours and 44 minutes. That's if I did the exact speed limit the whole way. Instead, it took 14 hours and 44 minutes. But we never thought that we were, going, we were not going to get there. At no point during the trip did we say we, we should turn back or that we were never going to reach our destination. We just knew we'd be there. We had a couple of close calls with a few cars and a couple of trucks, but arriving at our destination was never, never in question. Last Sunday was Shelly and I's anniversary, 28 years. And we went out to eat Sunday night. And we were reminiscing about the last 28 years. And I said, did you ever wonder if, you would, if we would make it to 28? She goes, never a doubt. It wasn't always the easiest road, but I never doubted. Now, by now, most of you have seen the Facebook picture that Shelly posted. I talked about it last Sunday, but we're on a ride at Carowinds early in our relationship, and Shelly is smiling and honestly looks like she's enjoying herself, and the former Marine on her left looks scared to death and is hanging on for dear life. But like that ride, we've had some ups and downs, we've been thrown for a loop or two, but arriving at the destination was never in question. You see, over 30 years ago, I got down on my knees. And I asked Jesus to come into my life. I've had some ups, had some downs, been thrown for a loop or two, but my destination is set. It was set when my name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. My eternal GPS only has one stop, and that's at the feet of Jesus. Now, I'm glad it doesn't have an arrival time. But when that day comes, when I take my last breath here, I will have arrived at my destination. Shelly and I were in Wilmington a while back. We were visiting Rachel before she moved. And on the way back, when we got in the car, I casually put in our address. I just put 102 Oak Forest Lane. Didn't really pay attention to it. Hit go, and we were off. About 30 minutes into the trip, we were on this long bridge over water on both sides and I looked at Shelly and I was, and we both basically at the same time kind of looked at each other and go do you remember any of this and I was like and she goes no and I was like well I don't either and I was like check the phone 
I put in the directions for 102 Oak Forest Lane, Suffolk, Virginia. <laughs> we had made a 30-minute detour north of where we wanted to go. Neither of us were amused. But again, we never doubted that we would eventually get home. It took us 30 minutes to realize we weren't headed home. But we never thought that we wouldn't get there. You see, in our walk with Christ, we often take the wrong road. And it usually takes a lot longer than 30 minutes to realize we're not headed home. Too often it takes something traumatic to get us right back on course. Now the destination of where we want to go and where we're going hasn't changed. But how we get there can change by how we are leading our lives. I've wandered off course more times than I want to count. And it wasn't long before I realized it wasn't the direction God was leading me or the direction I needed to go. I've also been given some directions by God and I've questioned those. When he gave me directions to go into the ministry, I questioned that for a while. There were actually people in my life that were more sure about this than I was. Their affirmation was what made me stay on course. But we are all on a journey. If you have given your life to Christ, your destination is set. How you get there will depend on how well you follow directions and listen to his leading. See, there's this new, there's a new GP, I won't say new, it's been out a while, but there's a GPS app now that a lot of people have on their phone. It's called Waze, W-A-Z-E. It not only tells you how to get to your destination and tell you the time of arrival, but it will tell you about traffic ahead. It will tell you a quicker route if there is one. It will also tell you if there's a speed check ahead or if there's police up ahead in case you're trying to get to Boone in an hour and seven minutes. But it's not just a GPS. It's almost like it's looking out for you during your entire trip. We have a Father in Heaven that's doing exactly that. He's looking out for us during this, our entire trip. He's trying so hard to look out for you. He wants you to know about the trouble ahead. He's even giving you help when you need it and redirecting you when things get bad. We just need to listen. Stay close and be honest. Be honest enough with ourselves to say, I need help. You know, before the smartphone, almost every car in America had a road map in the glove compartment. And if you didn't have one, every gas station in America would sell you one. See, I've got a road map, and you do too. We've got a road map home. Not only will it get you home, it'll help you along the way. You see, with the exception of the four years I spent in the Marine Corps, Iraq, Gary Payne, I've lived in this area my whole life. And I've had numerous times where I'd be in a convenience store and somebody would come in and ask for directions. Well, this is sad, but in the 55 years that I've lived here, I know very few names of roads. I really do. I don't know many. I know 62, Archdale Road, 311, Eden Terrace, and Surratt. That's only because I've worked there. But so when I give directions, 
I give them, take this road till you get to McDonald's, turn right, and the police station's on your left. I don't tell them to take 311, then turn on, is that Balfour, Balfour Drive, and then the police station's on your left. I give real-world directions. Fortunately for us, when we give eternal directions to someone, there's only one way. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Those are the best directions I've ever heard. We know the way home, and we know that we can share that. We can tell people how to get there. We can do this by the way we live our life or the words that we use. Either way, people need directions. People need directions. Like I said, we could do it with the words of our mouth or the way we live our lives. But either way, people need to see Jesus in us and want to follow us home. Let's have a time of open worship. Please stand if you're able, and we're going to sing our benediction.
receive his benediction. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for showing us the way home. And thank you for your son who paved the road. Lord, just help us to go out this week and reflect you in everything that we do so that they could see Jesus in us. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. Thank you.